Hey, welcome everybody. Great to have you join me today. And as you can see, we've got a bit of a different setting here. I hope it's going to be suitable for the message I want to share with you today. Really, really important. So let's just pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your presence that you are forever with us. And Holy Spirit, you want to help us in every single area of our lives without exception. I just pray today that you'll speak to us uh, individually, personally, that we'd hear your voice. And I just pray that, Lord, what I share today will help us to move forward in our relationship and our walk with you and that, Lord, we'd be strengthened uh, by your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I was saved, it really didn't bother me much if I had a conflict with another person, if we disliked each other, if I just avoided them as much as I could. I thought, who cares? I can live with this. I didn't need to be an example to them. I wasn't interested in them being saved because I wasn't even saved myself. But when I became a Christian, it wasn't long before the Holy Spirit convicted me in this area. There was one particular person and there was great conflict that I had with them. This was in my hockey days. Even though, would you believe we're on the same team? We still clashed. I don't know how we played together to win games, but it was a pretty bad kind of a relationship. And um, I remember going around to his place and in order to try and sort this relationship out. And it wasn't easy. And I have to admit, it took courage. It took determination. But what motivated me was, one, the Holy Spirit convicted me, so I wanted to be obedient to God, but I didn't want it to hinder my relationship uh, with God moving forward. So I knocked on his door and, you know, he came, answered the door and, and it was, wasn't, was a bit awkward. It wasn't easy, but I just explained to him that I'd become, an, become a Christian and I wanted to apologize for the conflicts we had had and to put this relationship right. I can say decades later, if I met him today, there would be no issues. We'd res I'd resolve that situation. I believe this, that doing this something in the area of relationships uh, and dealing with conflict was established in my life. It's like a powerful foundation, I think, was set. Um, if I hadn't bothered or taken the time to sort this out, I think I would have left an inroad or a weakness in the area of my life for the devil to then get in and mess me up a bit more in this area. So I think it was so important that the Holy Spirit helped me in those early days to deal with a significant conflict. My goal in this message really is that we just work hard at maintaining good relationships, healthy relationships, and work hard in this area. Please listen to what I'm about to say next because it's very important that you hear it. We live in a world of greatly broken relationships, so we need real wisdom in this area. You can't always sort out every relationship, especially those that are complex or involve some kind of abuse. And I would suggest in those areas, get really good advice and counsel in dealing with any issues in these ones. And be careful, you don't make matters worse. Some historic things, you just have to forgive and move on. Can I encourage you, don't raise issues with people who actually know nothing about it. And remember, forgiving someone does not mean you trust them again straight away. Trust needs to be earned. Again, 
simple aim of this message that we work hard at this vital area of maintaining healthy relationships. I think as Christians, one of the most important areas in our lives that we need to focus on is having all our relationships in order. I said all, A-double-L. So that means at home, school, the workplace, family, in your street, in your church, in fact, every person we interact with. Let me read to you the two greatest commandments, which are basically to love God and love one another. So John 13, 34 and 35 says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. That's a pretty high call. Uh, that you also love one another. By this, watch this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, that verse 34 is a very powerful verse of scripture. By this, people are going to know that we are the disciples of Christ. As you and I know, relationship conflict in the workplace, school, home, wherever is an epidemic, causing incredible hurt, pain, sickness, misery, depression, the list goes on. So I want to suggest one of the greatest abilities you and I can have in life is the ability to get on well with other people, but also to deal with conflicts when they arise because they will arise. That's life on planet Earth. And I don't think enough of us, including me, are that good or good enough in this area. There's room for improvement for all of us. So right relationships and loving people is, as we've just read, maybe one of the single greatest keys to being a good witness uh, for Jesus, which we all want to be. It's evidence, according to the Bible, that we are genuine, true followers of Christ. And the Bible actually gives us no option, I said no option, but to make sure that all our relationships are in order. We're going to look at how we can do this as well. Okay, so don't panic yet. All right, we'll get to some solutions, hopefully. So I want to encourage you, why don't you make a decision as you're listening today to do everything you can to have all your relationships in order and also improve in the area of your relationship world. They say that one of the ways we can improve our relationships is if we, if we become encouragers and not critics. Isn't it easy to be critics? It's hard to be a critic and have good relationships. You become an encourager, it's going to make it a whole lot easier for you and I to do. So I'm going to look at some verses. So you might need to fasten your safety belt right now because we're heading to some turbulence. Uh, these verses may shock you. 1 John 1, 9 to 11, verse, listen carefully. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there's no cause of stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother, listen to this, is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going. Wow, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. To me, what these verses are basically saying is if our relationship world is not in order, we are walking in darkness. I remember reading these verses a few years ago and I thought, my goodness, this is strong words um, from Jesus himself. And so we don't know where we're going. And the only one result is we will make a hash of life. We will make a mess of life. 
And if we do love others, as Scripture says, we will not stumble. So a lot hinges, doesn't it, on our relationship world. And I guess it comes back to loving God and loving people. They're the big numbers. They're the big ticket items. We have to get these right for our own well-being moving forward and the well-being of those around you. I found this, the true meaning of shalom. You hear that, don't you? Shalom. You know, it's that great greeting. Do you know what it actually means? It means harmony with yourself. That's bigger than itself, isn't it? With God, with others, and with nature. What a amazing greeting to give anybody. Shalom. And I say to everyone listening today, shalom to you. Harmony with yourself, with God, with others, and even with nature. So at the heart of life, I believe, is our relationships. And here's the question I want to ask. How good are my relationships? How good are your relationships, because I think it's an area that we can take very lightly. How hard do you work at your relationships? And I'm asking myself the same question, by the way, because I'm no champion in this area. Um, we all want to be growing in our love for others and have better relationships. And it's, I found it's very easy to be quite slack in this area, like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Who cares? It's not too major. I think it does matter. So broken relationships, uh, this message will get worse before it gets better. Okay, so just relax. Uh, it says two things about us. Number one, it says we are carnal, babes in Christ. Let me give you a scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 3. I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. For you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, Envy, strife, and division. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? When our relationships are out of order, it's not a good reflection on where we're at in our personal life. So let's not kid ourselves. Let, let me not kid myself. Secondly, it actually means there's pride in our hearts. Really? Proverbs 13, verse 10. This scripture challenged me years ago. Only by pride comes contention. When we're in conflict, somewhere in there, there is pride. And hey, that's not a nice feeling. It's not even nice to know that, is it? So maybe the most powerful testimony we can give to our faith is our love for others. God's glory is at stake in every relationship we have. And I want you to, and I want myself to guard against this attitude. Well, probably won't ever see them again. They're not a significant, they're not an important person. They're just someone down the road. It doesn't really matter, does it? I guess my message to us today is it does matter. It matters to God and therefore matters to us. Ephesians 4, 29 to 30. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. What's that verse saying? That verse is saying that our words should impart grace to the hearers. In other words, when you finish that conversation, that other person should feel better. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I am in trouble. I don't know about you. I've failed that test again and again. And I've had to go back to people and apologize for just being a little bit harsh, a little bit unkind. Friends, it's worth going back and sorting it out. 
because we want to impart grace to the hearers. I brought something a while ago as an article of clothing and uh, look, there's something wrong with it. I wasn't happy with it. I took it back. But the salesperson refused to sort the situation out. My confession, I lost my call. I said a few things that I should not have said and then walked out of the building. I didn't get very far, maybe a hundred meters and the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, ha ha, this is not good. They may have even been watching you on Running With Fire. So that, that always makes it even a bit more difficult for me because people do watch me. And then if I'm not behaving right, it's not a very good testimony for them to keep watching. Anyway, I was convicted. I went back to the person and apologized. And I said, look, I'm sorry. I can't remember exactly what I said. It's never easy to do it, eh? But it's a good thing to do. Anyway, the person just said, well, look, the manager's here tomorrow. Come back and hey, see what happens. Went back the next day. The manager was there. He was fantastic. He sorted the whole thing out. You will never lose by apologizing and putting a relationship right. You know, the Bible says God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. When you humble yourself, he gives you grace. In fact, it says he lifts up the humble and uh, God works on your behalf. So here's my point. We need to do a regular check on our relationships. Do one now. Are your relationships in order? Is there one or two that maybe you kind of need to deal with, sort out and resolve? Are they all glorifying to God? Neighbours, co-workers, husband, wife, ex-husband, ex-wife, parents, teacher, employer, ex-employer, in-laws, Outlaws, <laughs> mother-in-laws. Hey, the list goes on. Remember, each and each relationship is important because each relationship re represents a person made in the image of God. There's no lesser people. It's not like you've got to sort it out because they're a CEO of a company and it doesn't matter because they're at the bottom of the ladder. No, they're all made in the image of God. They all matter, every one of them. I read this statement. <laughs> I like this. Don't idolize people. They will never live up to your expectations. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> All right. Here's another passage of scripture. You're still with me. Hope so. Hang in there. We, we, we get, we're halfway through. Matthew 5, 44 to 46. I say to you, love your enemies. Gosh, that's hard enough, isn't it? Bless those who curse you. Hmm. Do good though to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. Sends rain on the just and the unjust. Hey, if I was God, I don't think I'd be like that. I'd send the rain on the just, all these nice people I love. And those I don't like, I'd give them no rain. I'd give them scorching sunshine. Hey, thank God that I'm not God, mate, because I'd, I'd, I'd find it hard to live up to these passages of Scripture. And he sends a rain on the just and the unjust. Then it says, if you love those who love you, what reward of you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. Look, I told you at the beginning, the Bible is ruthless, ruthless when it comes to relationships. Love God, love people. They're the two big tickets. If we get that right, the rest of life, I think, is going to go a lot better for us. So here's the question you're probably asking. Why is God so tough on such a difficult area? Like, surely he knows how hard it is to love everybody. 
I mean, some people are so hard to love. And you're probably thinking of a raft of people right now, like I am. And, you know, surely I don't have to love all my co-workers, all my family, all my neighbours. <laughs> so you say, God, why? Why? Well, I don't know if I've really got the answer to this, but let me suggest this. The truth sets us free. So to maintain right relationships will bless us and give us peace of mind and help us more than it will help even the other person. You see, to love others is more for our benefit than for the benefit of the other person. The truth, living the truth, obeying the truth always sets us free. So Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Life flows out of a heart that is right with God and man. When our hearts are right, when our relationships are right, the life of God flows. There's peace, there's joy. Unresolved relationships actually, and I've heard this numbers of times, can cause sickness. Yongi Cho tells of the story of his, this woman, her face was paralyzed and he was really good at seeing people healed, but they, everything they tried, nothing would work. Finally, he got a word of knowledge that the lady had bitter hatred towards her mother-in-law and others. So they talked to her. She finally agreed that she was willing to forgive these different ones. Now watch this. Cho says this. As she forgave, the paralysis disappeared from her face, instantly, totally healed. I think at that point, Cho got on his knees and began to forgive everyone he could possibly think of because he saw the dramatic impact of having your relationships in order. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this, but um, here's a statement for you. Forgiveness does not change the past, but opens up a better future for you. I like that. Doesn't change the past, but hey, the future is going to be brighter when you get into forgiveness and put relationships right. You may have heard of some people, and I have from time to time, who no longer talk to each other for years. Parents with their kids, brothers and sisters. It's like no-go zone. We don't talk. It's gone for years and years and years. I find that hard to understand, but hey, it's, it's true and it does happen. Can I urge you, if you're in that situation, can you do everything you can to sort that relationship out with the other person? Even if they're all at fault, uh, do it to glorify God and God will honour you for it. So let's just look briefly for the next few minutes and how do you go about resolving relationship conflicts and letting your light shine? Let me give you a few thoughts on this. Number one, I think it's important, act as quickly as possible to resolve a broken relationship. I think the quicker you do it, the easier it is. The longer it goes, it kind of grows and builds in you and the other person it makes it harder to sort it out. Here's a scripture for you, Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So the thought here is this. Before the devil gets in, sort the relationship out. Give him no access, no entry. I think broken relationships gives the enemy real access into our lives. And so we need to protect ourselves more than anything else. You don't want to give the devil any entry because he's not a good person. He's going to mess with you uh, 
far more than even that relationship conflict might be. He'll do even more damage than that. I've heard of some couples. I haven't gotten this one myself, but uh, a bit of advice. Take my advice. I'm not using it. All right, here it is. Uh, Some couples have a policy. They don't turn off the lights until the conflict is resolved. (laughs) If I tried that, the lights would not go out. We would get no sleep. And I think there's a lot of couples like that. If they have that policy, there's not going to be a lot more, a lot of sleep. The next day, going to be more grumpy than ever and have bigger conflicts. But hey, if you want to go down that line, good for you. It's probably, probably not a bad policy if you can make it work. Here's a second thought. Follow Matthew 5, 23 to 24. If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first. Be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Wow. In other words, in offering our lives to love and to serve God, as we're doing that, if we realize we have a broken relationship, the Bible says we need to go from the altar and put that situation right. And can I just say here that even if you're not successful in sorting it out, if you have done your part, you've made a genuine effort to resolve it, then I believe that's enough in the eyes of God. If the other person doesn't want to resolve it, there's probably not much more you can do, except I would say keep on praying that God will somewhere along the line help the situation to be resolved. Some people, and I know it's true, just don't want to reconcile. They'd rather hold on to the anger and unforgiveness. Some of the worst words I ever hear anyone speak is when they say, I will never forgive that person. Well, my Bible says, if you don't forgive the other person, God can't forgive you. If you don't get forgiven, then your sins still stay with you. And the consequences of that are not good. I've said before, and you've probably heard me talk about it, my previous church, how I got myself in a bit of a mess and the Holy Spirit convicted me and said, you need to go to three pastors and ask their forgiveness. One of the hardest things I ever did in my life. I mean, it wasn't one pastor, it, wasn't, it was three. I mean, imagine that. So I had to go one by one. Went to the office, knocked on the door, they invited in. So I went to each three, all three of them. One was overseas, I had to do that by mail. But each one of them was so gracious and so forgiving. And, uh, you know, it's always the right thing to do to put relationships in order. The interesting thing to note here is not only were the relationships sorted out, it wasn't long after that God opened the door for me to lead here at Church Unlimited. And I sometimes wonder if I'd not put relationships right, would that door have opened? I can't answer that question, but I would say this, that you will always win when you sort a relationship out. You will always win. It may even open doors for you as well. Let me give you a couple of really bad ways to deal with relationship conflict. The first one is you bury your feelings. You bury the anger. You bury the hurt. And you may even think, look, if I was spiritual enough, I wouldn't feel so angry. I wouldn't feel so bitter and unforgiving. And so I don't like them. And you just think, I'm going to bury this thing. And of course, some people just don't like confrontation. They don't want to hurt anyone. So again, they bury their feelings. And it's actually called, the term they use for this, it's called rubbish bagging. In other words, you bag the pain, the anger, the hurt, the inside, you bag it inside you. It's like rubbish in a bag. But we all know the problem with rubbish in a bag. It rots and eventually it leaks out. 
Eventually the feelings seep out and it shows itself in bitterness and all kinds of other emotions and reactions that we know are not good. So don't rubbish bag. Secondly, the other opposite to that is you erupt. <laughs> in other words, you let it rip. You just let them have it. <clears throat> I've experienced this. People would come into my office, really warm, friendly, so good to see your pastor. And then out of nowhere, wham, bang, crash. And I'm sort of reeling as they've let it rip. Mm, not a good way to do it. So imagine you've had enough of your boss, right? Maybe you're right there right now. And so you go into his office and you erupt. You let him have it. You tell him what you think. I am sick of working in this place. And I'm sick of you. I've had enough. And then you drop the bombshell and say, I resign. I'm out of here and send me my pay packet urgently. Boy, did that feel good. Well, maybe it did feel good. But here's a question I want to ask you. What's left after a bomb explodes in war? There's a disaster. There's blood all over the place, body parts, destroyed homes, maimed bodies. It's a real mess. And you know, the result of the eruption method is it does so much job, damage. And what a job you have on your hands <laughs> when God convicts you and says, hey, you better go back and sort that relationship out. I'd like to suggest the effort you have to then use is not worth a few moments of joy that you had in letting them have it. And some people, they make their feelings known or they explode via the phone, email, text, Facebook message. No, do not go there. At least be face to face so a person can respond to what you might be saying. And there's also a chance of resolving the situation. So the final point is this. The biblical way is face to face, as in Matthew chapter five, which we have read. You go to the other person with love and grace. You seek to sort, restore the relationship and always be willing to acknowledge your fault because you're part of it, because there's always two sides to every conflict. So start with love. So if you're married, you say, honey, I love you, but, or if it's your boss, Boss, I really appreciate working with you, but there's something I need to share. Now, keep an eye on the volume. If you can't keep the volume down, wait till you can. It's not a good way to try and resolve a conflict when your volume is too high. Then use words like, I feel, instead of accusations. Accusations usually get a poor response. For example, I'm angry because we never have quality time without that stupid TV blasting all the time. Response, well, if you didn't complain every time we talked, maybe I would turn the volume down. Doesn't work. So you're better to say, darling, you're the best thing that's ever happened in my life. But I'd really appreciate it if we could spend a bit more time talking just the two of us. I reckon that will get a good response or a better response at all. So relationships, it is a massive area in all of our lives and yet one of the most important. Love God, love people. Love God, relationships. The vertical relationship with God, horizontal relationship with people, that's the cross. It's what the cross is all about, it's relationships.
with God and with people. And it can be the most rewarding thing in our lives or cause us the most misery. But God has called us to demonstrate love to everyone, but He's not left you alone to do this. There is the great helper, the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to ask Him for your help to resolve conflicts that you may have, but also to do better in every area or all the relationships that you may have. Can I encourage you once again, make a decision today to have harmony or to work at having harmony in all your relationships and to continue to grow in this all important area. Amen. And let me just close in a word of prayer. Father, we've looked at a very difficult and challenging topic today and we all have our areas where we struggle in our relationships. But Holy Spirit, we are asking you now and I'm asking you now, will you help me and will you help every person watching this program, Lord, to sort out relationships that need to be resolved, but also to significantly improve in the relationship world that, Lord, they might experience greater and greater peace, joy, and blessing in their lives. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Been great to have you with me. God bless you.